Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast. She's also my partner in life and she's also my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. I love how you always introduce me like it's WWF. Sunday, 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 Rachel Campos Duffy. So we're here at the studio today, which is our new set. If you're watching us, it is our new set um, at the studio. But we love to do it at home. I do. We the kitchen table is fun. But this is actually kind of... It's really out, it's snazzy. Cool. It's super upgraded. We're really happy about it. Sean has his show tonight. And then I came in because we... Me and Dana decided to set up a, a dinner with her husband and my husband. And then, I guess, Will and Pete are dating. They're dating tonight. <laughs> Will <laughs> They're and Pete at tonight. dinner. <laughs> We're all going out to dinner. Uh, Dana Perino and her husband, Peter, and Will and Pete and Sean. And I. So Sean's going to meet us after his show. So it's kind of a fun... You guys so you'll, you'll start. We, we get adult time now. Yeah, you'll you'll start the dinner. I'll come in a little later. You'll order for me, hopefully. I will be order fun. for you. And poor Dana has to go to Iowa where it's cold and snowy. Yeah, a big park on. She's gonna have some some warm friends and conversation before she heads out to Iowa. No doubt. Speaking of Iowa, um, I, I, what do you think is going to happen? I know the polls say Donald Trump is going to win with 52% of the vote, <laughs> but polls now say that Nikki Haley is surging past Ron DeSantis. But that doesn't um, mean she's getting close to, no, to, to, to Donald Trump. No, no that's true. I, listen, I, I watched the um, the town halls and you know all the stuff that Fox did with Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and then with um, Donald Trump separately. Um, which of course is like brilliant on his part to like not even lower himself to do with the rest. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, he's a brilliant marketer. And I think if you watched it, I mean, the command he has, his ability to, um, not just be funny and smart and, um, and just quick on his feet, but he was able to talk to like a general, like, I mean, obviously he was appealing to Republicans who are watching Fox News conservatives, but he also made some plays towards people in the middle um, and, and some independents. And he can do that because he doesn't really feel like he's in a primary anymore. True. And but I mean, listen, if, if we're honest, I mean, I, I love President Trump's policies, but he was a New York Democrat for most of his life. And so yeah. he knows the, 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 the Democrat lingo. But again, as a conservative, I think uh, no one has done a better job advocating for policies that make our lives better, offer us more freedom. Um, and the populist movement that he brought into the party, I think, uh, especially when we consider the, the, the globalists that are there now, really well, is much needed. So where is this surge for Nikki Haley coming? Because um, when I saw like people were polled after that town hall they did together everyone said that Ron DeSantis killed her yeah so listen I, I, I money matters right so if uh, she spent two to one Laura Ingram got mad at you when you said that the other night on her show but it does money does matter she's like well how about Jeb Bush Jeb Bush had 200 million dollars listen uh, this is a different dynamic every race is different and when you have money on air in Iowa and in New Hampshire, that matters. People see you on their TV and they're trying to make a decision. There's not a big distinction between maybe the two candidates. Maybe I think there's there a big distinction. I think there's, I actually don't think there's a lot of policy difference between Ron DeSantis and Trump. Um, I, I think what Trump has is more exper- more executive experience um, and, 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 a, and a better personality. But Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are not Fair from enough. a conservative point, Fair aren't very similar. So uh, again, the, I think the money matters in in Iowa. Um, being on TV and delivering your message to people matters, as well as going out and meeting them and traveling the state and, and doing town halls. Here's my. You don't course, think though. the primary is over? Listen, I, I think. It, oh, I think Donald Donald Trump's going to walk away with it. I yeah, I, I, I it doesn't. Agree with yeah, you. I think I do it's think over. it's over. But here's what I think Can is going to be interesting. Can we just end it and just start? 
Like uh, Dagan McDowell, my co-host on um, on the Bottom Line, said today on Outnumbered, she said all Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley are is a pothole and a uh, a speed bump on Donald Trump's path to the nomination. Like, get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. But here's my he, here's who I think he, he's they're they're protesters on our way through the Lincoln <laughs> Trump Tunnel they're, in New York City. They're blocking the traffic. They're they're, they're climate protesters uh, of Donald Trump. I think I think the one that's going to shine brighter than the rest. I'm going on a limb. Is going to be Vivek. I think Vivek I think is right. going to do better now. Again, than people thought. Vivek going from six percent to ten percent is doing much better. But I think he's going to do better than the polls have him at. Um, and again, he's worked. And I think again, he's got a different set of voters. I think he has a younger voter base. Now the weather's going to be bad, and you know how hard it is when it's cold out, when it's you know ten below zero and snows on the ground. You don't like to go outside when we when we lived in Wisconsin. No. So the, I imagine I those younger. I only left to vote for you, Sean. I appreciate that. Those, <laughs> those younger voters may not come out. The, the 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 surge he thinks he may have, which I think he would too, it may not materialize because the weather's. I mean, it's like I can sit home, I can drink a beer, I can hang out. I'm watching Netflix. I'm not going to go caucus tonight. So that could that a could lot of variables it. at play. But the, but Iowa does take this very seriously. I think a lot of Iowans feel like, first of all. The cold for Iowa, the cold for an Arizona girl to go out to vote—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a big hurdle. Um, but uh, in, in Wisconsin, but I think a lot of these Iowans are used to the weather, and they feel very proud of their role that they play um, as you know the first primary. Caucus. Well, yeah. it's the first contest of the year. And what's interesting in Iowa um, is it's kind of flat. And that means that the wind whips. Oh. And when it's cold and the wind is whipping, um, the um, the air temperature drops. Your body heat evaporates. You sound like you're ready to retire and move to Naples. <laughs> it doesn't sound so bad. Listen, my heart's always in Wisconsin, but a little warmer weather in those Your heart's hardy in Wisconsin. I've seen Sean. His heart's in Wisconsin in July. June, July, and August. <laughs> September, October was not bad as well. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, this is this is the last podcast we'll do before the primary. I do think Donald Trump does fifty plus, and the dark horse is Vivek. Yeah, I'm just going to end by saying um, he hasn't lost his charm. He has um, not. I thought he was um, he was fantastic um, when he was on with Brett and Martha um, at that town hall. I thought he connected with the audience. I mean, I think he did a better job than he did in the past of making it about the voters. You know, I think the early the early you know first maybe even part of the second time that he ran for office i think you know look let's just face it he, he's a he's a bit of a narcissist um and he um, is? yeah what? Wait. Never picked that <laughs> and up. he always kind of talked about me and i think it, there's a maturity that's happened where he, he it's you know he he talks about it in terms of what it means for you um and and i think you're also seeing he, he's feisty and he's angry about what's happened to him, but I think he's channeling it in the right way. Um, and I was really, I thought it was, a, I, I, I really tried hard to go, I, you know I'm a Trump person. I, I I was on the Trump train very early on in the first run. I was. So I, I really tried hard to kind of put that aside and go, you know, what would another person think? And I just think it's got, it's, it's partly that he's he's charming and he's and, he, and he's competent and, and no one can deny, um, you know, that he had the, the greatest economy in our lifetime. Um, in just a couple of years with the entire uh, force of the swamp fighting him, he still managed to do that. He did. But yet... I still think a lot of it is that people 
are looking at Joe Biden and what a disaster the Democrats are. And I mean, they, they were saying, oh, well, you know, there was somebody asked in the audience about like, you know, the chaos around you. It's like we woke up this morning and it was like, you know, we're fighting in Yemen now. I mean, the chaos around the Democrats, the war, the destruction, the violence, the just burning of American cash and treasure and blood all over the place. Um, that's chaos. So not I, not a mean tweet. So you're talking about the policy and the chaos. Here's something else that I think have Democrat management and leadership quaking in their boots. So if you looked at Donald Trump on the stage in that in that town hall with Brett and Martha, and as you mentioned, he was in command. He was funny. He was engaging. He was quick. He didn't. He wasn't stuttering. You look at that as a Democrat, and then you look at Joe Biden trying to fumble his way through a written speech. Um, or if someone asks him a question, it is slurring so words, messing messing things up, getting lost in, in, in what he was saying and can't complete a thought, can't walk off a stage by himself. You put those two images up and you look at the chaos in the world, the conflict in the world, the troubles that the world faces and especially America faces, mm. and you think, oh, good gravy, we have, we have trouble with Joe Biden and Donald Trump as much as, as a Democrat might hate him. He was good. Um, and you they, have, they have to be very, very concerned, which means I don't know if they can turn the temperature up higher on him, but I don't know what other they can't tricks do anything they else have. The tr- what what else can they put- do other than, other than, you know, take him out, which let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Sean, today you were, we were getting ready to leave the house. And I said, Sean, I know we're in a rush, but I have to show you this. And uh, Donald Trump had just posted. If you haven't seen it, go online. Um, he it was posted. On Twitter? It, uh, it was on. It was definitely on Truth Social. I, I've. You know who sent it? Pete Hegseth sent it to me. <laughs> Pete sent it to me. And it's a, a a video. I don't know if the campaign put it out. Somebody put it out. Donald Trump retweeted. But it's basically, it's like a commercial for a convalescent home, a nursing home. An old but folks it, home. But it's the White House. And it has great footage, great clips. Um, it's just a hoot. And, and great. If it's coming from the campaign, um, that's brilliantly, brilliantly done. done. So if you get a chance, check that out. That's really funny. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Let's move on to something else. So I saw this um, in my favorite place. You know, my, my favorite uh, guilty pleasure is the Daily chocolate. Mail. Oh, no, Daily it's, Mail. It's dark chocolate and the Daily Mail. Dark chocolate. <laughs> you know me so well, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what guilty pleasure are we talking about right now? Guilty pleasure. Um, it wasn't dark chocolate, but boy, if I'm watching the Daily, if I'm reading the Daily Mail, and eating dark chocolate? Heaven. It's heaven. heaven. And, and Bravo's on <laughs> at the same time. And our bedroom's at 80 degrees and I'm not there. And, and she's it's like, super hot I love my house. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, she sleeps with it way too hot. Oh, that's become a problem for sure. Okay, Little so conflict. I was reading the Daily Mail and this yes. story came up. And I want to just get your reaction to it. Okay, so this girl, this woman gets married. Just you know, I came in late, so I have no idea where she's going. <laughs> no, no, you have no idea. So, yeah, I, I haven't prepped him at all. He's just hearing this for the first time, just as you guys are hearing it for the first time. I want to get his reaction. Um, so this girl gets married um, at the wedding um, reception. They're doing the cake, and the husband basically smashes the, the, the new bride's face into the cake. And she's pissed because she had told him before, I'm going to give you a little bit more background in a second. She'd said, I don't want you to do that. Smash her face in the cake. She gets pissed off. She slaps him. 
and basically the reception ends. I mean, like she storms off, you know, it just killed the night. It ruined the night. Okay. Now you, you can imagine you're a bride, you got your hair done. Um, nowadays brides all get their makeup done. And this happens at the beginning of the reception. So it turns out. So anyway, she ends up two days later divorcing him. Um, so after it happened, after he pushed her face into the, into the cake, she slapped him and then she left. And then his brother, um, forced him to apologize, I guess, before she left. Okay. Good brother. And, yep. Good brother. Everything was cut short. The, the festivities were ruined. Everything was, was ruined. Then she comes to find out that she learns that growing up, he was kind of a bully and that he took pleasure in, you know, seeing people in these sort of horrible, hurting, humiliating situations. So she digested that for a couple of days and she went and filed for divorce. What are your thoughts? So a couple of thoughts. I don't know what I would have thought about before I went through my own daughter's wedding because I wasn't there when you got ready for our wedding. It's a long time ago for me. Um, but I saw... Well, the, you wouldn't have been there when I got ready. You would exactly. Have been, I wasn't there. I was you, getting... You were yeah, right. waiting at the church for an hour for me to show up. No, an hour and a half for you to come to the church. Yes, it was, it's funny. It, was, it keeps getting listen, longer. She, I was an she hour was an late hour to the wedding. An hour and a half late to... No, I was an hour, an hour late. late. I didn't think she was coming. It was bad. No, no. Yeah. Okay, so that, that aside... Um, <laughs> the Duffies were ticked off. I, mean, I don't know if she's coming to this but wedding. But here's the good part. Can I just say this? There was an Irish pub next to the church. <laughs> so they kept... <laughs> the Irish the pub d- heals all wounds. <laughs> They're like, we feel better now. It's good. Take your time. <laughs> We've got a Guinness. So, But I saw what, what, what all the effort that you and Evita put in, not just to the wedding, but also to getting ready that morning. Yeah. Right, I was part of all that. I saw it all. Oh. And and it, it's a big effort. And this is a big day in... in a couple's life, but also, you know, a, a woman's life. And to think that she doesn't want that, she's not a prankster, and you would smash her face in the cake when you know she doesn't like it, that is utter disrespect, right? So that that's a warning sign. But to find out later, Rachel, that, that this man when he was young was a bully and he took pleasure in the in the in the bullying of other kids at school if that's where it was. Mm-hmm. The problem is she doesn't know her husband or didn't know her fiance. Those are things you should probably learn about someone yeah, but if you, during the Nobody's going to go, I want to let you know over wine, I was a bully growing up. But if, as you meet his friends, as you meet his family, I'm sorry, Sean. stories come up about, listen, I heard I heard about a lot of stories about you. That's funny because when you. I told this story to our producer, Devin, she said, yeah, well, you need to know who you're marrying. But I, but I look at it and, so and I agree. Right. And, and Devin and you agree. But I would say, Sean, that... Marriage is a bit of a crapshoot. You don't know everything. We agree. And every day I discover more things about you, good and bad. And that's part of being married. And I just think, like, listen, I mean, there's a, I don't know, like, there's things about your childhood that I learned later on in life. Yeah, but listen, if this is, this is a serious thing, right? And if you get to know someone and their friends and their family, this kind of stuff comes out about, again, this is not like, you know, you had, you know, you, you, you didn't like chicken nuggets when you were in, you know, yeah. eighth grade. This is like, you're a bully and you took pleasure in bullying. Those kind that's something big that but usually also, would come out. But you've also, and, you've also known people, because we unlike me, Sean lived in the same hometown and there are people, adults that we've met that are really nice people and you would go, oh, that guy was so mean to me when I was a kid and took pleasure in it. And so people do change. So I, I guess the point here is she did see him 
you know, looking up pranks. Maybe she didn't know he was so cruel. Now this has happened. She's right to divorce him. So first off, I want to agree with you. And we've said this before. Marriage is a crapshoot. Literally, I mean, you got to do the best you can to find out the most you can about the person you're going to marry. But what you'll find out, and I think any married couple will say this, <laughs> is there's so much you didn't know um, yeah. and that you have to navigate with this partner. And hopefully you rolled the dice well, yeah, like I did, and, and get a good get a good partner. Um, I, listen, I, I, I would hope that there was more depth to their relationship before they decided to get married. And I think two days to say, you know what? You did this to me. You embarrassed me, and you were a bully when you were um, a young man. Uh, I think that's a little bit rash. Um, you could take some time. You could have a, a conversation. You might even go to counseling to go, hey, what, what's going on here? Is this something we can get through, or is this just something? Is this what you are? And I don't want to be with that. But I, do, I think two days seems to be really quick to say I'm going to divorce you and we're done because you put cake in my face at our wedding. And I found out other stuff, but really the offense is cake in the face. Yeah, not nice. Shouldn't have done it. But I would hope your relationship deeper is than deeper that. than no. But I think what what happened, what she's seeing is that. It was deeper than a bad decision to put cake in her face. That this is a deeper character flaw on She's his part. been with him for how long? I don't know. A year? Two years? She's known this guy well enough to get married to him. She saw who he was, right? And he made a bad decision, put cake in her face, shouldn't have done it. She has every right to be angry, every right to leave the wedding. But to say, I'm going to leave this marriage because you put cake in my face, I think is a step too far. Now, you might get there after a month, after spending some time to process and think about it. But two days after your wedding, and emotions are still high you're making an emotional decision not a decision based on facts and thoughtful reflection which is a big decision to get a divorce so I'm going to give you That's another what it deserves. I'm going to give you another point of view which is that I think for a lot of people and 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 you and I didn't fall fall for this um but a lot of people there's a lot of hype around their wedding and they're more focused on the wedding than they are on the marriage. And yeah. it's possible that, and also we a lot of people fall in love with falling in love Ooh. and it's possible that she falling in love with falling in love. Yeah. People can fall in love with falling in love and not necessarily they're able to sort of brush aside red flags. And maybe after two days after what happened to her, after sort of learning what this this information about kind of who he is at his core and maybe you know relatives and friends of his from his past coming forward and going listen maybe maybe that that cake in the face was what you needed to kind of sort of clear the clouds and finally see the red flags that you and connect the dots that you weren't connecting before because you were so caught up in in being in love and in planning a wedding that you weren't seeing the signs. So who knows? So can I, can I, make I would one say last... this. In, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just say, man, if you're listening out there, it's so stupid. Do not. Don't even put a little bit on your bride's face. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's not. It's not funny to anybody. No woman likes that. No woman does. So, so can, don't flip and do it. So can I tell you that my station in life and what this makes me think of is her poor father who probably paid for this wedding <laughs> and paid for the dinner yeah. and paid for the dress <laughs> and paid for the cake. And, uh, and this was a two-day wedding. My, I'll be like, listen, I did one uh, for two days. I don't have the second one. 
You got it, sister. I'm out. I'm one and done. You can't. Yeah, I would be pissed if somebody did that to my daughter. I would be so pissed off. But I spent a lot of money on this wedding, and all our friends came. And all, he, I mean, and I'd be mad. Humiliated my I would, daughter. I would be in front angry of our at friends. him. But the whole thing would make me angry because I paid for this whole party. <laughs> You're thinking about how much you paid. Yes, for and it. now I, now I'm. I, I'm Just get- so you know, when Sean and I went to um, a wedding once. It was our niece's wedding, and it was beautiful. By the way, she's the only daughter, so they really just splurged on this wedding. This wedding was great. Was so gorgeous. It was, you know, at a vineyard in Malibu, and it was just it was so perfectly executed. And we were having so much fun. We had flown out to California. All of our kids were there, and we were having so much fun at this wedding. I mean, I'm telling you, these this wedding was, was great. Was great. And I'm I'm having fun. I come over to see Sean, and you know, I look at him, and he just isn't having fun. And he doesn't look right. And I'm like, honey, is is everything okay? Now, I'm gonna, th- this happened a while ago. So Aravita, who's now married, she's 24. She got married at 22. So Evita was probably 11 or 12 years old, maybe 12. Yeah. She was probably 12. Yeah, she was about 12 years old. So this is like many years yeah. before, you know, like she's a little, our oldest, who's now married, was only 12 years old. This is when this wedding happened. Um, and so, and by the way, we have six girls and we have three boys. Um, so anyway, I, I go over to Sean and he's not looking like he's having fun. And I'm like, honey, is everything okay? And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, how much do you think this wedding costs? <laughs> and at that moment, I realized that he was thinking, I've got six girls. Well, maybe at the time you had five, four, five, yeah. five girls. Maybe four or five, yeah. Five girls. Oh, four. Yeah, four or five. Four or five girls. Yeah, and Michael, Michael, Michael was not there, so it was, it was, I think it was four. Yeah, maybe four girls. Still, <laughs> yeah, it's six. a lot. And he was just thinking in his mind, how much is this wedding? I, and the, the, the kids are like in elementary school. And he's going, how, he, he's, he's not enjoying the wedding because he's thinking about how he's going to afford the, the next four, but now we know six weddings. So just to be clear, it was painful enough to find the money to fly all of us and the kids out to we the wedding. We can barely afford to do that. You're right. Let alone thinking, how do I actually pay for a wedding? I mean, let's just... Yeah, but you, were, you, you were a decade out. Stressful, really <laughs> stressful stuff. Um, and again, to and again, we had a we had, we had a great celebration for Evita yeah, Michael's wedding. It was married. it was fun. It was it was wonderful. And I was able to. I had the. I shouldn't have been stressed at that wedding because I had enough to pay for By this. By the way, wedding. great omen on our on our daughter's wedding. On our daughter's wedding day, the morning that we were getting everyone ready, our phone starts blowing up. I mean, our phone is blowing up. Blowing up. And it turns out that that morning was the morning that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And all of our phones were blowing up. Everyone in our our families were so overjoyed. Everyone thought, oh my gosh, this is going, this is the greatest sign ever. And then our priest called and our priest said, um, don't worry. He's like, listen, I just heard the news. It's so fantastic. We're so overjoyed. We're going to get security. We don't know. Like there could be weird protests or could be, you know, something could happen today because, you know, Roe versus Wade overturned. And I said to him, I said, don't worry. Dan Bongino is a guest at this wedding. We got this. We're fine. We're fine. Wait right there. We'll have more of this conversation next. 
So can I bring up one last question to you sure. for the podcast? Sure. Okay, so Time Magazine recently asked a question. Okay. And by the way, Time is a rag of garbage, which is why I think it might just be online. I don't think, I don't think it's in the It used any to be like... That was it. My parents subscribed. They subscribed only to yeah. Time. Yeah. And They ask if democracy is good for climate change. Is democracy good for climate change? Wow. Wow. This, that, no question is giving you more insight into the liberal mind than that. Is democracy good for climate change? They asked the question, but I believe that Democrats in their own minds have already answered that question. And the answer for them is no. Democracy is not good for climate change, which means we have to cash democracy in. All the while, we're going to blame Republicans for being a threat to democracy and go with a new system. Um, but that they're saying this out loud. They're actually they, yeah. they're saying what all these Democrats are contemplating because giving people the freedom to choose how they live, if they fly, if they drive, what kind of house they have, what kind of food they eat, that kind of freedom, um, if you truly believe in climate change, doesn't work. And I think at the highest levels, they don't believe in climate. I just there was a video yesterday I watched of, of John Kerry. I don't know where he was flying, but he, he was walking up the stairs to one of the Air Force jets. Um, and it wasn't one of the small Air Force jets, massive Air Force jet that he, John Kerry is getting on. I don't know where he's going to fly. But these Probably people, to a climate conference. These somewhere. people have no reservation about being massive polluters. But we have to change in democracy to make sure that we can affect climate change. Sean, they are saying that because they know it work, It will work with young people. I mean, think about how many, when they poll young people about whether hate speech should be censored, whether free speech, when you poll young people about free speech on college campuses, which used to be the bastion of free speech, where everyone wanted to be able to say anything they wanted to say, the, the, the place where they have had the most effect in changing the minds of young Americans to believe that, Speech should be monitored because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Uh, That is strongest on college campuses. That headline is, is democracy good for climate change? We have an entire generation, multi-generations now, I would say millennials on down to, um, to Gen Z, down to Alpha. These are all fully indoctrinated, these generations, on the climate religion. And they believe the world's going to end. They care more about the planet than they care about their freedom. And they believe that humans are a threat to the planet, um, as opposed to the greatest blessing to the planet and and, and people who should command the planet. So um, it is interesting, but I I actually think as, as crazy and as obscene as this sounds to your ears as a Gen Xer, Sean, that going into the ears of a millennial, of a of an alpha and a and a Gen Zer, does not sound so strange. That's actually what's so frightening to me. It is, and I think if if you're one of these Gen Zers, millennials, um, as you give up your freedom, as you give up your democracy, you're going to tell yourself and everyone around you that you're preserving democracy as you give it up. And once you give up your democracy, and you're like, hey, maybe I want that back. Once you give it up. You do not get that power back from the elites. Oh, no. They are building a digital prison for us. And it is they're setting all the pieces in place. And, and one of their main tools for building that digital prison 
and this authoritarian feudal state that they want us to live in is climate change. That is one of their key things for forming that um, authoritarian structure. And once the structure is in place, it's turnkey. They're going to turn it. You're locked into their, you're just like the Chinese. And this is what they're building for us now, a social credit score. There's going to be digital currency. Um, you're going to be, they're going to use the climate um, excuse to monitor, to, um, to, to basically ration what you can eat, what you can consume, um, wh- where you can live, how, what kind of car you can have, if you even have a car. All of it will be controlled with this excuse of the climate. But the first step, Sean, was convincing now three generations of young Americans that the climate is worth throwing away their freedom for. And, and I imagine we have some people listening to our podcast who might go, listen, the Duffies are crazy. Climate change is real and the, the world's going to end. You got to ask yourself a couple questions. If the debate is over, that they won't let a debate happen about climate change, something's wrong with the power yes. and strength of their Science debate. has never settled. It's never settled. Or if you look at how most of these studies are funded by the government. And if you're a scientist who comes up with the wrong answers in your study, you will never be funded again. And so you have to come up with the right data that supports the regime's viewpoint on climate change if you ever want to have additional funding in the future. So remarkably, all these studies are done and they come up with the same solutions that climate change is happening, it's real, the world's going to end, there's going to be rain bombs and Florida's going to be you know, just a little sliver of land because the the oceans have risen so much. But the the truth is, we should be able to have a debate. We should hear what are the uh, what are what do the other scientists say? And climate change is interesting because we have extreme weather in America and around the world. There's extreme weather. We have tornadoes. We have hurricanes. We have snowstorms. We have droughts. We have rainy years and, we're, ev- and, and dry we're able years. to track them better than we ever have because of technology. And and this is how this this planet and this continent actually works. And when you get any extreme weather, they can go see climate change, climate change, climate change, climate, and but you the- and you have no real data to push back on it. And so everyone without any information is powerless to make the argument against them because they've co-opted, bought off all of these scientists who say the same thing that the regime and wants. And they have literally thrown out of the field any of the dissenters. So, you know, it's easy to say we have consensus when you've literally canceled, censored, and discredited anyone who challenges the climate you know, narrative. Uh, narrative. Yeah. And so y- this is a, this is a scary thing. This isn't, it, it, uh, it is interesting. They are saying the quiet part out loud. That's so true. So if you want, this is a Time Magazine article. The title is, it's, uh, it's, it the, it's the world's biggest election see, year. Is democracy good for climate change? Pull it up. Uh, this is scary stuff, but they are, as you're, uh, to your point, Rachel, saying this stuff out loud. Uh, listen, uh, fun podcast, crazy day, um, as we've been running all over doing a ton you're gonna of You're going to do your things. show right now. I got to run, yeah. I'm so. going to go get out of my sweatpants and and get ready for dinner. And I don't know what kind of shirt you're wearing in this podcast. Her jacket's on the back of her chair. I she's ready so to go. Bad. She's I just was, rolling in. I just <laughs> rolled in from home. And, um, yeah, listen, anyway. uh, we hope you all have a good weekend. Thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. Not actually from our kitchen table. We're in the Fox studio with scrolling from the kitchen table behind us, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, they did a great job with this little studio. Love it. Um, I wish that's, I could wish that's my kitchen, actually, but it's not. Um, listen, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. 
if you like our podcast, rate, review, subscribe. By the way, if you don't like our podcast, you can also rate, review, and please subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> oh, don't rate us, Dad. <laughs> Good ratings and subscribing. You can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but uh, we drop Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Thank you for joining us from Fox Studios live in New York City. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.